Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage! How's your week been, Rachala? I've been uh, cleaning out Dad's storage containers. Tremendous. Tremendous. Now, what percentage of stuff has ended up in the bin? I've probably taken about seven van loads full of stuff to Vinnie's. Okay. I've done two tip runs and I now have a garage full of stuff and two containers still full and my dad's garage full and his lounge room now full. Now, is he standing by saying, no, 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 but not that one. No, 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 that's from the trip to Argentina in 84. No, 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 that's from the ore. Is... No, what happened when, because this is an ongoing process and feels like it will be continuing for the rest of my natural born life, but the very first time that we actually got into the containers when the situation began to become quite dire, I brought dad up to help me, uh, which ended up being a massive mistake because, help to him involved taking the seven empty tin cans that we'd put out to take to the tip and go, oh no, putting them back in the container. No. It's like, no, 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 no. There will be no re-hoarding going yeah. on here. You need to go home, have a cup of tea and not be emotionally attached to any of this junk like the four boxes of rags that we found that we needed to get rid of. See, I reckon we should start, you know, Paul and Rachel's self-storage, where what we do is, is that we go and build a factory, rent out the storage units, but in the fine print, it says that the Paul and Rage storage facility will burn down once every two years. <laughs> so you know they're just getting rid of stuff again. This is it. And this is a wonderful lesson to learn very early. If you are in the beginnings of what could potentially be seen as hoarding or you are in the middle of it, please use me as an example of why this is not how you want to spend the rest of your life. We're getting to the stage with my dad where there are, is one container full of things which are, potentially have a fairly large amount of value. We're just not sure it's going to take me a long time to, to work out. But it's also a container worth of break, full of breakable things. My dad is now at the stage where the container was moved by the people where it is. Four of these things smashed to smithereens. Oh. Now, this is potentially what dad's been waiting for years. For this somebody. was the glass dildo collection. <laughs> this was the glass dildo. I'm just thinking of stuff that could break. It is it is amazing what people will buy on eBay. So we've gotten to the stage now where Dad actually, when I told him about the things breaking, is at that stage where he's not upset, he's actually a bit relieved because it's four more he doesn't have to worry this about. This is it. That's what I'm saying, slowly but surely. Now, it's very rude. There are many thousands of people listening to us right now. Mm. But I just want to send one very specific message. Please. Sean, are you paying attention? <laughs> Right, I That's all I'm going to say. Sean, are you paying attention? You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, I love your part of the world. It is one of the great bits of Sydney, but a little social phenomena out the front that just absolutely does my nut. It just, I crack it every time this happens. And it is if there is a, a tight little parking spot that you've got to get into. Now, I back myself with a, a couple of things. I can reverse park a car. Very well. Mm-hmm. Okay, my navigational sense pretty pretty damn solid, and you know, getting around in traffic. Like I'm 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 not a bad driver when it comes to all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay, but oh, I've I've seen this a spot downstairs, and I've gone. You know what? I'm in a reverse park. But then the owner of the car immediately behind that I'm about to try to reverse into is walking up to the car, just you know, getting ready to go. Yeah. 
and the observing. Oh, the over-the-shoulder part. The sort of, oh, oh. Well, well, just just don't hit my car, mate. Don't hit my car, mate. Yeah, because that's <laughs> what I'm trying to do. That's what, that's the whole point. And, geez, given the fact that there's no bumps on any four corners of my car, it means I might have done this before. Mm. This is not the first time I've ever had to park my car. And also, have we learned nothing from Jared Hayne? The more people that are watching, <laughs> the more likely you are to fumble. <laughs> Guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, of course, we are contractually uh, obliged by being in the broadcasting game to say uh, how amazing was the Melbourne Cup yesterday. Uh, la 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 la. What I love more about it, and and I did say this on telly uh, last night at Sky News, was that I thought it was an awesome win for people who never give up. I love the idea of the Sheila who just you know they were trying to say hey you know you shouldn't do it and middle thing. I loved all that stuff. Mm. But what I also loved more than anything else was that the internet was a little bit confused because all day yesterday the cool kids were, oh, horse racing, it's really evil. Like the way that just all those horses die and ban the whip and exactly the same people, exactly the same people after the Sheila wins. Oh, oh, what an achievement. Oh, my God, it's just... Oh, it's, uh, uh, uh. I just don't care about the Melbourne Cup at all. Are you interested in it at all? No, I, I, I am a bit cynical about it, but I've, I've become a big event guy. I now understand how people sit around watching gymnastics once every four years at the Olympics because it's the big thing that's on right now. Yeah. So do I care about the Melbourne Cup today? No. Did I care about the Melbourne Cup this time yesterday? No. Did I care about the Melbourne Cup between 2.30 and 3.30? Bloody oath I did. <laughs> yeah. It does have a certain je ne sais quoi that you kind of jump on board with. I went to the TAB because 2.0 loves a bet. Really? Not a regular bet. Oh, hang on. Well, we're starting to learn something here about why he lives in rural Tasmania. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Slowly fixing up a home one nail at a time. That's it. It's going to be a long life uh, and a cheap one. <laughs> uh, but, but love is blind in many ways. Um, so he likes a main event bet. So he bet oh, on the yeah. grand final. He bet on the Melbourne Cup, but he does like a spread yourself all over the bet. So while he may bet but three times a year, he walks out of the TAB on that one event with about 75 tickets. Yeah, you go, dude, like, okay, I get it. I know that essentially if you put a dollar on everything, there's a good chance something's going to come home. But isn't the fun picking one? This is it. Isn't the the whole point going, oh, I got one in 12? Oh, damn it. See, where 2.0 gets is where we got yesterday, where the race was about to start, and he said to me, I've bet on so many horses, I don't know who to go for. So did he end up backing the thing that paid mass? Oh, <laughs> of all of the ones that he bet on, and I'm talking there must have been, he must have had coverage on at least 10 to 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old mate Pirates of Penzance or whatever his name was, That's Mr. Great. Penzance, nothing, no, nothing on it at all. I think he spent about 75 to 100 bucks and he ended up getting back 25 bucks. So he lost about 50 or 75 bucks or something. Brilliant. I went to the TAB though, um, and it's, it's weird because I feel so out of my depth. Mm. I feel like the uncool kid in the cool kids club but it's that moment where I go why do I think you're all cool you're all gambling yeah that's what I was going to say <laughs> you know the, the cool kids club this, this is the definition of the not but the thing about the TAB though it is you know pubs have all sort of been renovated and been judged within an inch of their life and to me the TAB 
is really the only thing that sort of looks like it did 20 years ago. Yeah, still got so, the blue carpet. You know, yeah, and still yeah. sort of a couple of stragglers in the corner, still, you know, putting stuff up on paper. It's also interesting on Melbourne Cup Day that the TAB goes through the most incredible transformation. You go into the TAB... It is almost like the lose-your-house version of those smoking rooms at airports. Yeah, exactly. You know? No when, one's exactly happy That's to be it. There. You walk past and you go, there is shame within that room. On Melbourne Cup Day, that place is a place of jubilation. I'm like, this is like a New Year's Eve party. I'm loving it. You've got bits hanging from the roof. We're all that's having it. a great time. But that's Everyone's the thing. dressed up. You add bunting to anything and immediately improves improves the mood of the room. For example, mm. I think that a little thing that we could do, even though the people are horrible, is anyone going to the electric chair? Just a little bit of bunting. Imagine you just walking past going, oh, that's pink. Oh, I'm dead. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. One more quick thing about Melbourne Cup, though, love. Um, and now, I love, on Channel 9 every year, they do this thing on a current affair where they just go around and get 12 minutes of piss people and oh, carrying yeah. on. Mm. But how do you feel about this Sheila who walked up to the police officer and shoved the cop over and the cop's gone ass over tit and then, unsurprisingly, she's been arrested and, unsurprisingly, she's been charged with assault. Far out. You want to talk about somebody who's doing nothing for the women's movement? Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, I get it. Okay, you know, apparently egged on by a cameraman, rah, rah, rah. But seriously, why is she surprised that shoving a cop would result in you being arrested? Why is this what happens at... Melbourne Cup events. I would also like to lump this into the uh, area of Bucks events and yeah. things. The no man's land that people think exists. It's like there's some sort of force field around you. What? Because I'm having fates a public holiday. I can piss in the street. No, you can't. <laughs> this might be a little harsh, but I feel there are certain events like potentially some areas of the Melbourne Cup, not all, uh, Bucks parties that are particularly loud where you could kind of put a fence around them, blow it up, and it wouldn't be the greatest loss to society. At Rachel Corbett. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. I went to a property expo uh, on the weekend. Yes. This was mostly 2.0's idea. What, what are they expoing? Well, okay, here is my... Because you know that there's property outside. <laughs> <laughs> you know there is a thing called realestate.com.au yeah, like that expose the, property every day. Yeah, they have these little booths in most suburbs. You know, the, the museum's <laughs> called LJ Hooker, where you can go in and just go, hmm, hmm, hmm. Oh, investment property. Interesting. So what happens at the expo? Okay, this is like every other expo on earth, just Shit. You know, the one area of our life that genuinely needs a revamp is the expo. Sexpo. Absolutely underwhelming. Correct. It's just a bunch of stalls with dildos. There's nothing sexy about it. Well, There's... can I say exactly the same as the sex shop? Remember the first time you ever went into the adult shop, mm -hmm. the sex shop, and you're sort of like, ah, it's just a news agency. Yeah. It's a new, well, slightly different than your average one. But... So we went to this property expo, and property is cool. It's interesting. People yeah. are making a lot of money. It's got pizzazz. It's like the big thing. There has never been a sadder collection of stalls and individuals and just people trying to get you to come up and buy things or invest in their certain things. And was it sort of like, you know, the guy who's got the system to beat the this or the app to help you do this all stuff that essentially has already been done the exactly. middleman's middleman's middleman exactly so it's basically there were some things at a couple 
of the talks where I was like, oh, that's a good thing to, to learn. And there were a couple of people that I heard talk. That I was like, oh, you'd be a good person to get advice from. So it wasn't completely useless, but there were a few things that I learned. The first is salesmen need to recognize that while somebody told them, potentially Tony Robbins in a tape that they bought, that a good smile is the key to success oh, for yeah. anybody. The shit grin. If you purchase veneers, <laughs> you always look dodgy. Absolutely. You Absolutely. always look dodgy because more often than not, it looks basically like a banged up used car with a brand new bumper. But it you <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. I just wanted to mention one more thing about the Property Expo and that is the... Guy on the mic who clearly doesn't have any professional entertainment training. Now, as people who have done a lot of presenting at gigs and a lot of shows and stuff like that, you you understand kind of a little bit about how to do these things. You know how they work. You also know that more often than not, less is more. Yes. You don't actually need to fill every single patch of silence. But also, this is the thing. When you are uh, at a big event with lots of people and lots of movement, Mm. there's no such thing as awkward silence. No, especially not if somebody's setting up or getting ready. But there was one guy who was on the stage that I was watching and sort of came out and was like, okay, guys, great big round of applause for being here. Everybody put your hands together. Just trying to, you know, drum up electricity. You know, and nothing sucks the energy out of a room, like demanding a group of people clap. More than once. Oh, absolutely. For yeah, For yeah, nothing. Yeah. Just, just to clap to, okay, guys, everybody, get in the room, just start clapping. So he sort of tries to get the buzz going and then introduces old mate, but he asks for the applause before he's introduced them. Then about two seconds mm. later, brings the guy up to, and, then, and another round of applause. Oh, and he's saying a lot of unnecessary ladies and gentlemen. Just a lot of ladies and gentlemen. And then the guy who was speaking, his microphone busted in the mm. middle of the thing. So he had to get a mic check. So old mate thought, my time to shine. This is exactly what I'm here for. While he changes his microphone, I can't possibly imagine that these 20 people in front could deal with two minutes of a microphone change and let this poor guy speak for himself. I better come out and do a tight five of just, guys, great to see you down here. Little technical difficulty, though, but let's give it a round of applause. He's dealing with it. You know, oh, you know, I don't would forget give... where the toilets are, and you know, he's just running through every. Oh, yeah, I'm like, I would give the biggest round of applause if you would f- off. <laughs> Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Oh, P. Murray, what's happened? I almost forgot about this, and I just looked at my notes, and I thought we must discuss it. Are you pregnant? Oh God, no, I'm not pregnant, uh, and that's probably because I wasn't in the mood to have sex after I went to see Cats on the weekend. <laughs> Why? Why did you go to it? Okay, I went to it because I got offered media tickets. Hey, hello. And I thought to myself, Cats is the musical. Yeah. Cats is the Andrew Lloyd Webber stroke of genius that everybody refers to, that everybody talks to. This has had a life on Broadway. This has been in the West End. Shit, things don't go to these two places. This must be the mwah, creme de la creme, and I've missed it. And these are this is 30 years old. These things have had massive runs. Like, I think Cats only just finished yeah. in, in the US. So, okay. like, it is fair income, you know, as... as 
gold standard. Like Phantom of the Opera that you would think would be bigger, uh-uh, come and gone. That's it, right? So this is a musical that has lasted forever and the people have spoken. And in this, you know, disposable world, the fact that something can last that long, I think to myself, is worth something. And I realise that I have heard about this for years and years and years. I know things like magical Mr. Mistopheles, but I've never seen it. Okay, this is sort of the audio version of the scope that's moving around, like she's just talking this up, talking this up, and you know she's just stalking this elephant like a dentist from Ohio. What a giant load of shit. That is the hands-down worst piece of musical theatre I have in my entire life ever had the misfortune of seeing. Now, I'm not talking about the actors and the singers who were brilliant, but oh my lordy lordy, were they polishing the most gigantic of musical turds. While his music was great, Delta Goodrum's spectacular voice moves a touch like a baby giraffe trying to find her feet. Excellent. But, you know, the whole... I felt to myself like the whole cast were looking around going... I can't believe that we've had to take this gig. There's no storyline, well, but, but this is it. I was going to say, firstly, what's it about? But secondly, I can't think of the song. Like, this thing, the show is massive, but what is the song? Memory. Memory. Right, which Delta Goodrum's character sings... But three times the same song. Oh. Every single song is repeated about 85 <laughs> times. There was a 15-minute dance break oh. where there was nothing. And there's no dialogue at all. It's all song after song after song. So the thing about musical theatre, right, <sighs> that I think about, that I love a bit of cheese and ham. I yeah. can deal with all of that stuff. And there is something about good musical theatre that is mwah. But I, you know, you need to be drawn into the story, you know. And the story of Cats is literally, it is just... Let us introduce you to this cat and this cat and this cat and this cat. And then there's some old bloke cat who's mm. supposed to choose the one special cat who goes up to the something level that mm. I don't even know what it is. And that ends up being Delta Goodrum's character. I don't even know why they're going there, what this new life means. It was the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> but the bit I never understand too is... You know, there's a movie that comes out every couple of weeks. There's a song that comes out every second day. There's a book that's written Mm. every day. How is it that there's only five or six musicals and they're all about 30 or 40 years old? Like, God love anything goes. But why is that the only thing that gets a run? I think that really the workload's just a little too much for the payoff. In terms of your musical, it's not like... I mean, writing a play is really tough, Mm. but writing a play that also has to have about 15 songs in it and a whole bunch of other things and all tie up at the end, it's a bit of a mammoth task. Well, that's why I always, you know, tips me lid to Mm. Ben Elton and and the ABBA people. Like... How the hell do you turn around and just take Queen songs, random Queen songs that aren't a story, and turn it into a story, Mm. and then the same with the ABBA stuff? And Mamma Mia was, oh, isn't it great? Because guess what? Give me, give me, give me a man after midnight. Is not meant to be a continuation. Yes, from from, from money, 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 money. Well, apart from <laughs> a lot of repetition. <laughs> so it was absolutely atrocious. There was oh my god, there was one character in particular, and bless his little cotton socks. He was a great performer, great actor, great voice. But, but his character was a rapping cat. No. Oh. And like a 90s rapping cat? A 90s rapping cat. So like, you know, the thing from Paula Abdul's... Um, this is exactly MC Cool Cat. There you go. He was you. exactly MC Cool Cat. So he was, I mean, bless him, really giving it a good crack. Mm. But there's only so much you can do with 
uh, some pretty dodgy material. At one point, 2.0 turned to me at the point that he came out when we both sort of looked at each other and said, what is this shit? And just said, have a go at MC Big Puss. MC Big Puss. And then the other thing was that the whole idea behind this thing is the is it, it's about this group of cats called the Jellicle Cats. Now, I don't know what Jellicle... Jellicle is a made-up term from what I can ascertain. Yeah. And there is nothing more annoying than a made-up word being repeated over and Jellicle Cats are yeah. cool and the Jellicle yeah. Cats... Uh, I'm like, what? if I hear Jellicle one more time, I'm going to go down there and Jellicle punch someone. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rachel, I don't want to spoil the surprise for you, but 2.0 is going to propose this week. Pardon me? Yeah, just cross it. How do you know that? Oh, just shh. Um, <laughs> now, uh, he may be inspired by some people in the UK who have decided that the best wedding ring or best engagement ring that they could give, this is the bloke to the Sheila, is that he has given a, a ring where it's not a dirty great big diamond, but it's one of his wisdom teeth. Oh, my God. You know the funny thing about engagement rings and wedding rings and things? I often find... I Yourself don't think looking in the window. <laughs> desperately on finding. On a rainy Sunday afternoon. Quite often the jeweller will bring me out a tissue. If yeah. I'm particularly oh, you again. Yeah. You yeah. again. Yeah, he sees me coming a mile off. I know I'm not a stupid person. However, you know when there are certain areas that you've had no experience with and so your knowledge of them is minimal. Mm. My knowledge, obviously, of engagements and weddings uh, is very minimal. I haven't been to a lot of weddings. I've probably only had a handful of my friends get married. Speaking of that, uh, remind me about a very awkward moment. Oh, okay, good. Very awkward moment. (laughs) Brilliant. I love that. But I realised that I always assumed when I saw a rock on somebody's finger that they were married. I didn't realise that there was a wedding band... And an engagement ring. Yeah, I never understood. Well, yes, but I never understood the idea that you go big with the promise to marry and yeah. then you go small with the actual marry. I didn't know either. And you sort of think to yourself, I'm a 34-year-old woman. I mean, I know I don't cry myself at sleep at night over bridal magazines, but I should know that there is a wedding band and an engagement ring. But please... I digress from your moment of embarrassment. Okay. Now, as you know, I have been to one or two weddings in my life, um, and I've been very lucky to, to, to sort of all the different roles. I've been lucky enough to be a best man, to be a groomsman, to be a flower girl, um, to, you know, to be the MC, or like, you know, bar the priest, I am very lucky yes. that I've sort of seen it from all different angles. Anyway, we were just having a chat with a mate the other day, and somebody asked me about a wedding, and I said, yeah, it was good, but look, to be honest, I've been to so many weddings now, it sort of all washes over me, to which... The third person at the table turns around and goes, well, what about my wedding? You're going to be the best man at my wedding. (laughs) Now, he knew what I was saying, but I felt terrible. I felt awful. because Not because I was shit-canning. I'm not shit-canning the wedding. I'm looking forward to it. We're going away for it. It's like, it's awesome. It's going to be great. But as a general rule, people's weddings, unless you are intimately involved, mm. like if I'm sitting up the back, mm. they do wash over me a they, little bit. Yeah, I think they wash over everything. everybody. What are your thoughts about a destination wedding? I think it's tough. 
I find it... I think it's tough. ...a horrible imposition. I think it all depends on where it is, how far away it is, how long it is that goes for. I also think I like to choose when my holidays are going to be. <laughs> you know? Yeah, fair point. If I decide, you know what, this year I think I'm going to take December and January off, mm. then that's great. But if old mate decides that in April they want to have their wedding in Fiji, well, all of a sudden I've got to dip into my holiday packet. Excellent Because I'm not going to go over to Fiji for a weekend. So what's the I? solution? Do you think that should be streamed to those who can't attend? This is a brilliant idea and one I haven't thought about yet. Or I think that there should be a blanket rule that if the invitations have been handed out, it won't just be a token, I don't mind if you don't come, but you genuinely get a complete and utter get-out-of-jail-free card if you don't come. That there is zero obligation. That if you make the decision... You can't get the shits if somebody's not going to get on a plane. In whose world is this a priority for anybody but you? Correct. Nobody's going to invite me to a wedding again, (laughs) are they? You're listening to Paul and Rach. Have a moment of silence for Jared Hayne. No, oh, hang on. This is your second hit on him today. I know, but my hits are coming. Thanks, Paul Barry. <laughs> my... Why are you all down on this? No, no, no. My hits are coming in the direction of the media. Right. I think this is one of those classic examples of the Australian media getting like that nerdy kid who's been seen by the cool kid of America. And go, oh, my God, they know who we are. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, there are people who've been playing this game since the beginning of time, coaches, commentators, who are like, since when does anybody care about a rookie? Absolutely. And but we also... are standing by the sidelines going up to people who've played the game for years going, oh, my God, have you had a chance to throw the ball to Jared Hayne? Yeah, okay. Well, there's one guy in particular who... Who, uh, I think we actually talked to on the radio. His name is Colin Scotts. Lovely bloke. Nice enough guy. But this is a perfect example of the way over the top uh, stuff. The 49ers announced they dumped their star Australian recruit for running back Kendall Gaskins. Just lit up the town of San Francisco. He's lit up the world of the NFL and he's lit up Australia. How dare they do this to him and treat him like this. What? What? But he, hang on. He hasn't lit up the world. He hasn't lit up the town of San Francisco. He's lit up news.com.au and the Daily Telegraph, who, God love them, have obviously banked their entire financial future on Jared Hayne this year because they love him. How can you say, how dare they do this to him? Hang on a second. As much as Australia desperately wants somebody in the NFL professionally, he fumbled the ball a few more times than most people do. And over there, it's a big game with big money. And if you're going to fumble the ball three times, you're out on your ass. See you later. Ta-da. And also, you know, by the way, a lot of these people talking about Jared Hayne, oh, he's going to take a massive pay cut. He is paid a very large amount of money by Telstra who are running around with him making a documentary about going from the rugby league player to the NFL. So don't worry. <laughs> He'll be fine. Okay, even because this is the part of the documentary that's the sad bit that he's about to come back from. And let's have for a moment a second to realise if you are going to be putting so much attention on somebody mm. as if they're not going to fumble and f*** up and that kind of game... That's is- why I can't do threesomes. <laughs> oh, shit. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Are you at all capable of picking up a Woolies basket without getting two?
at once. No. Can somebody invent something where, you know, there's just a little stopper in between the baskets? Because the unfortunate thing is that I always, no matter how many times I enter Woolies and cannot pick up one basket alone, assume that I'm going to get one basket and take it in a clean yank. And so I go with a sort of forward momentum that means that I get two, I get one, <laughs> I get pulled back, inevitably somebody runs into me behind, then I've yeah. got to stop, I'm trying to whip them apart, then I try and get the one underneath and then I'm getting in, then we're all swapping baskets then we're trying to pull them apart it's a disaster i can't help but feel every time it happens to me that i am tearing a child from a mother's arms <laughs> like those two want to be together <laughs> and because the resistance is really personal want to stay in touch head to the website paulandrach.com.au Rach, I don't want to gnaw at the hand that feeds but uh, i i do love the clickbait on these news websites what is the current obsession? And I asked one of the people who edits these things the other day about everything to do with flying. So, like, every single day there's some story about uh, what does your boarding pass say about you? Yeah. Uh, what flight attendants really think about you? Yes. Uh, you know, how many bags should insane people pack? You know, I, I just <laughs> oh, that's right. What how your packing what your packing says about your personality? Yeah. No, I get it. There's lots of people travelling on any one day, but is it every day? What did this person do? This person give you an answer that they you said asked? these stories go off. Really, they go off. Anything about breakfast TV through the roof. Anything about Jared Hayne through the roof. And anything about travel or sex through the roof. But who knew that, that we had this insatiable appetite to think that there's some sort of secret dancing world of Willy Wonka behind what is a fairly simple process? I'll tell you what your flight attendant thinks about you your meat. <laughs> You'll meet in the middle of their day. You're yeah. hour two of eight. Mm. And while, you know, they're interpersonally, they, they're very nice, they're all the rest of it, if you're a sleeper, you're awake, or you're having a good time or not, going, couldn't give a rat. Like, they don't care. They put up with some rubbish. They really do. I, I oh, God, I'm so loath to say this because I feel like I might be saying something horrible, but... Where is the glamour in that job anymore? Well, I'll tell you, Rach, it's up the front of the plane. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> you should join me sometime. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Can we learn together about this girl who is has come out and is everywhere all over the media about the fact that she's quitting Instagram and yeah. is so incredible and amazing? I've just literally had a look online and it says that she now admits she's struggling to pay rent after quitting Instagram and she's released a crying video. <laughs> Why, why do we care about this person? Apart from anything else, I find the cry for help. That oh. is, I'm off social media, everyone. Like, just, congratulations. Like, just do it. But this is the thing. When did you stand up in the middle of the restaurant and said, everyone, I'm leaving? <laughs> Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, I'm tapping one vein very, very thickly this week, mm. but still... Um, there's a story in the mirror.co.uk today that says, quote, one in five Brits will suffer from hearing loss by 2035, warns experts. Now, this to me seems like the perfect online story because, firstly, one in five, oh, that could be me. <laughs> Brits, I live here, suffer, that's terrible. Hearing loss, oh, imagine not being able to listen. By 2035, I could still do something about it, says experts. It must be true. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. I think I know the answer to this, Rach, but uh, do you ever go topless at the beach? Even mm. super secluded beach? Have you uh, ever got them out? I think 
I have somewhere, but it's not usually my go-to move. Yeah, so Sydney Harbour, Friday afternoon, lucky enough to uh, be tooling around on a mate's boat. Mm. We go over to a harbour beach, okay, which is accessible, you know, from the street. It's not like it's, you know, that nude thing we went to at La Perouse, which oh, is yeah. around the corner, hidden, hidden, hidden. Yeah. And there she was, beautiful blonde girl with uh, her uh, plus-size friend there to make herself look even more attractive. Mm. Plus-size friend whips off the top and the beautiful blonde whips off the top as well. Now, I'm not saying I had a problem with it. Not at all. But I'm not trying to hide. Mm. Not trying to hide. How do you feel about the not trying to hide nude, though? I guess I'm always a little bit envious of the self-confidence of a woman that just sort of pops them out and wanders around. There are a couple I saw recently at a beach, same thing, Harbour Beach, packed to the rafters and just a couple of ladies in the surf just boobs out having a chat. Correct. Just, you know, hanging out, just having a bit of a yarn, like nothing else happening. I think, you know what, that's a, that's a confidence that I admire. Okay, but here's the thing, and this is where I may not have matured as a human being, mm. which is that when I was there with my mate, we found it a little bit sexy, right? Now, obviously, yeah. all they're trying to do is cook their tits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're not saying, "Hey, to any if you see them, I love you." Yes. If yes. I if I but you can't help. Mm. But and I don't know if it's as I said an underdeveloped male thing, like a childish thing, mm. but there is something. There is something about when you see uh, the exposed boys in public where you just go, "Oh, it's like I've taken her out to dinner." See, I feel like two chicks on the beach with their boobs out cooking them is less disturbing than two blokes on a boat with with <laughs> and cigars. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. All right, before we finish up, uh, we'll get to uh, Rach's story time in a second. A little five-star shout-out. We say hi to anyone who gives us five stars. Hello to the delightful Tubster92. Tubster. <laughs> Tubster, you're very young. I'm ass- yeah, you are very young. And I'm assuming a little on the larger side. Oh, hang on, hang on. It could be. It could secretly be yeah. a really hot model who just thinks that. Oh. All right. So what? what it's, it, it's a fat person. Okay, it's a fat person. Uh, he or she said, thanks for doing the podcast, guys. Tubster92, it's our bloody pleasure. Love you. Uh, you guys are the best. I wish there was six stars. Aww. Oh, we do too. Uh, big shout out to SK Hombre. Is that uh, your wife? Yeah, that's her online uh, <laughs> account. I've been trying to keep it just for a while. What's darling written on the internet? I forgot how much I enjoy the interactions of these guys on the radio and I'm ecstatic they have brought their talents and unique perspective to the magic of podcasts. <laughs> it's truly a side-splitting laugh-a-thon from first minute to last. Flapjackingly good fun. Yeah, Flapjacks! Yeah. I love it when Flapjacks comes into the old reviews. I love when Flapjacks just get out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, not right now, though. They'll, they'll, mine might stay inside. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's my birthday next year. Uh, and finally... To Moff Jet. <laughs> Moff Jet. Hi. 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 Uh, he says, I wish you would put put at least like in brackets he or she. Yeah, M- you know? F, whatever. M- F, whatever. Your or whatever gender pronoun you would prefer. ASL, age, sex, location. Were you aware of that? I didn't know about that until somebody. ASL. Did, yeah, ASL. That's what people say on the internet. I only know about ATM. Uh, oh, not in the way that. No, not in Automatic the Automatic telemachine. No, what are you? not in that way. What? There's no other meaning oh, for it. Oh, there 
reason I know what it is. There's none. I knew that it couldn't just be ATM because I was just like, there's no joke in that. And then I wish I hadn't thought about it because now I realise what it was and we're never going to... Automatic telemachine. <laughs> okay. I don't know, you're filthy. Uh, he or she, Moff Jet, said, be thoroughly informed about the crucial subjects we all ponder. A <laughs> weekly roundup of all that matters. Brilliant oh. podcast. God love you. Thank you. These are very nice. I know. Mwah. Thank you. Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Time for uh, Rach's story time where we take a dirty story from. Is this Picture Magazine this uh, week? This week's um, delightful Because I did buy three pornos about a month ago. Yeah, you did. We're still from we're still reading from Picture Magazine. We're God. on the third story from this edition. God, love it. Um, and what we do is we take all, you know, the, the dirty bits and mm. make them sort of radio friendly. Yes. Um, by putting in a safe word over the dirty words. What would this week's word be? Cats. Cats. Oh, that's Cats. an absolute must-safe word. Uh, I'm glad that it could come to some use this week because it was certainly a waste of my time. I, I mean, was going to do Mistopheles. Uh, I'm going, <laughs> imagine, and then my Mistopheles. We're in the Mistopheles. And then, you know, I didn't oh do that Oh, my too. God. Honestly, Magical Mr. Mistopheles, who's supposed to be the most magical cat of all, manages this, to get this old cat back from wherever he's come from, and all he does is climb out from under a sheet. The, magi- <laughs> the magic trick is getting you to pay for this shit. Oh, my God. And I say this. She's put uh, the porno down, people. I have put the porno down because I, I issue these objections with a heavy heart mm. because I often watch things like this and I think to myself, there but for the grace of God go I. Mm. We do know that in my younger years I did want to be an actress. I did want to be a circus performer. I did have dreams of being on the stage until I realised that I probably wasn't good enough. Hey, However, hey, hey. I look at these people up there and they are brilliant performers, brilliant dancers, singers. No one's I, tapping the performers, we're tapping the, the old English I mean. bloke. There's only yeah. a small amount of work out, right? Uh, so when cats come out, that uh, looks good on the resume. Correct. That looks brilliant on the resume. So if somebody says you've got to be MC Puss, you're going to be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm only saying this because I know it's the one time on the podcast I can get away with saying Puss. <laughs> and now I'm going to cover up Words like puss in Rachel's story time. <laughs> with, the, with the word cats. <laughs> with the word cats. All right, here we go. The great Aussie sickie is today's story. I was gunning the crew cab ute to work near Ballina when I saw two blonde honeys hitchhiking and swung over to give them a lift. I spend way too much time on the road by myself, so any chance for a yak with a couple of babes is always welcome. <laughs> I chucked their gear in the back and then they piled in, one next to me and one in the rear seat. Turned out they were Danish and seeing Australia on the cheap and saving money by hitching. Of course. Anyway, they wanted to know about the beaches and one of them asked, do you know one where we could do a spot of swimming nude? There we go. (laughs) Please, do that in your Danish accent again. I don't know how to do that. Swimming nude? (laughs) (laughs) I told them I knew a spot that was unofficially legal nudie and they said, let's go. At first I was going to drop them off, that's all I'm doing, and go to work. But when they asked, aren't you coming to... Okay, one more. (laughs) Oh, they're Indian now. Keep going, keep going. I like it. I suddenly felt a case of the flu coming on and rang the boss to tell him I was crook. When we hit this beach and they dropped their gear, it was all I could do from cracking an instant... Okay, I've got to say this without a safe word. Diamond cutter. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. It was a Monday and there was nobody else around. So after we had a swim and we lay our towels down and they snuggled in close on either side of me while one was licking my neck, the other one started catting my gold cats and then went 
cats on me. Fantastic. She cats me long enough to get me cats about two seconds, <laughs> then threw a leg over me and cats to her. Catsy cats down on my cats. <laughs> I was enjoying watching her bounce up and down when all of a sudden everything went black. Oh, no. I couldn't see a thing, but everything felt and cats great then they swapped over and went again afterwards i draw oh, do you know oh, just give it a few moments and you'll realize what happened afterwards i dropped them at the hostel in the next town and that was that my first threesome beauty why did he black out because she ah, <laughs> thank you. see you next week i'm just stupid you're listening to paul and rach wish me luck As you wave me goodbye.